cats want to act like America and Christianity are synonymous, and that's ludicrous. The reality is America ain't in scripture, never has been, never will be, and Jesus does not have a picture of the founding fathers on his desk in heaven. He don't care nothing about Mount Rushmore. What's up, everybody? It's your girl KB of Heart Combos, and you are joining me and my guest today in The Heart Seat, the show that puts people in the position to have conversations that are honest, elephantized, authentic, real, and transparent. Today, our guest is Timotheus Pope. He is the director of an urban sports camp called Summer's Best Two Weeks City Kids. He's the husband of one, the father of seven, and a prominent thought leader in many, many circles. Timotheus Pope, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the five questions I want to ask you that are fashioned from the Heart Combos acronym around honest, elephant-sized, authentic, real, transparent conversations. So with what's going on in our country right now, the state of race relations and just all of the tension and all of the things that are happening as a black man in America, I want to know honestly how you feel about what's going on, what you think about what's going on. If you were honest, what would you say? Yeah, on one hand, I'm... I'm so done and so tired of having this conversation. So frustrated uh, by the fact that people are still like, why do they make this about race? Um, so annoyed with the politicizing or the politification is a new word that I'm gonna use. I'm tired of people doing that. Um, it makes me sick. The, the worst part is as I'm, uh, you know, reading and learning is that people are, are doing that in the name of justice and God, and they'll make it about the riot and the burning of stuff before they just go, yo, let me just, let me just sit in this and think about it for a second. This never should have happened. Like, what, how are we still here? Yeah, I feel you. I hear you on that. And um, I, I thank you for your honesty. Um, what is the elephant in the room for all of us? I think the elephant is um disassociative disorder at play in post-traumatic stress okay you're gonna wait wait, wait, wait. yeah you got to break that down you just okay. threw out a huge word give us some context so disassociative disorder based upon post-traumatic stress is the reality that seeing these kind of deaths clear deaths this is not television this is not a movie this is not something you can disassociate from it's something that if you choose to look at it you have to see people are actually dying. Well, that is traumatic and it's stressful. And we can go a lot of different ways. One of those ways we can go is disassociative disorder. That means, for example, I see myself in Jacob Blake. I see myself in George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. I see myself in Tatiana Jefferson and Sandra Bland. I see myself in all of these people, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin. Whereas, uh, and I live in a collectivistic culture, Whereas somebody else might encounter the disassociative disorder of, oh, that's those people over there. That's not me. That has nothing to do with me. That wasn't my ancestors. We didn't do that. Instead of recognizing there are a couple of different levels to where you should be able to associate in normal human behavior whether that's, this is an American, I'm also an American, I can feel this pain. This is a black man, I'm a black person, right? These were white people who shot them, I'm also white. 
Um, this is a white dude who opened fire on these people. I'm also white. These are people who have dead loved ones. I've also encountered having dead loved ones. There's a, there's a way that in, in traditional human behavior, people can empathize. But because of a, a stress that we've encountered through seeing all of the trauma that has that is the bedrock of America, we just disassociate and say, no, that wasn't me, that wasn't my people, that's not even in my state, I can't be concerned right that, with that right now. But the reality is, um, whether we want to process this or not, this is where we are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this not wanting to look at it because it's ugly, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good, like that's a natural response, right, um, as people. We don't typically look at things that are disturbing. Um, we don't find pleasure in those things. So we want to close our eyes. We want to turn away. And I think I agree a hundred percent. That's the elephant in the room right now that people don't want to look at it. They don't want to associate themselves with it, which is ironic because we typically associate ourselves with things that have nothing to do with us if they're positive. Right. But when it, (laughs) when it comes to, uh, negative things, we're like, yeah, no, that, that, that's not me. I don't want any parts, but let, let your state win something, you know, let, let a team from your town win something. Let, um, someone who's just in the same ethnic group as you, you're claiming that win, you know? And so every time, anyway, who is your most authentic self and how are these scenarios affecting you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's in a crazy way. It's allowing me in some circles to be more of my most authentic self to, to come in and say, Hey, listen, I haven't talked about things like this before with you all. I need to address them with you because again, I got friends all the way right and all the way left, you know, and I'm in neither spot, I'm in the middle. And so it's allowing me to really um, let loose some and, and, and say some things that are hard to hear for people on both sides, um, but that are also just true. And so I would say my most authentic self is frustrated and angry, yet hopeful. The hopeful part of that is, as you've heard me say before, Emmett Till's death woke some people up. And I'm hoping that these deaths that we've seen over the past, over just this year even, and again, people don't understand, this is just what we're seeing. Folks, this is not what is happening that never gets reported, right? This is social media era days. But up until June 5th, I mean, there were already 88 people who were black killed by police. That was just two months ago. I don't even know. I haven't looked at the crime stats now, but I'm just like 172 white people had already been killed by police. My question is, yo, why are the police killing people? Like, like if the mission is to serve and protect, like you, I'm just trying to understand what in the world is going on. So it's helping me ask some really basic, authentic questions and helping me ask other people those basic, authentic questions. What are the police? Where did they come from? Why do we have police? What were the police trained to do from the outset? What should their training look like? And as people are starting to address some of that, you can tell their discomfort in me being my most authentic self. Hmm. So when you show up as your most authentic self, because you're not disassociating yourself from the things that are happening right around you, um, you're saying that you're getting pushback from that, that people are like, actually, we don't want this part of you. Absolutely. Either we don't want this part of you or 
okay, or they give pushback and then I ask more questions and people begin to recognize I don't have these answers. He's more well-versed in this than I am. Oh, okay, now I have to deflect and make this about something it's not about. You're a leftist Marxist, you're trying to destroy America. Maybe what I am is a human being who's tired of seeing human beings who look like me in the street killed by police. I'm also tired of hearing the discussion about white people getting killed by police. I'm also tired of race being the topic of discussion when we look at Kamala Harris instead of her qualifications. I'm sorry, we're not just talking about her race and ethnicity, we're also talking about her gender, which lets me know that these things do influence the way we as a culture and a society interact with who should be doing what and how. And even you know, from a Christian perspective, because I am, cats want to act like America and Christianity are synonymous, and that's ludicrous. The reality is America ain't in scripture, never has been, never will be, and Jesus does not have a picture of the founding fathers on his desk in heaven. He don't care nothing about Mount Rushmore. And so that being the case, once we are able to dialogue, people are beginning to understand, oh, wow, like, I did not know you thought like that, Timothy. It's just like, well, that's because you never asked. And honestly, when was that going to come up? Correct. While I'm sitting here raising money with you? Correct. Right? While we, while we in the church passing the plate? Correct. You know what I mean? I throw it in. Hey, man, you know the three-fifths compromise was like, that ain't going to come up. Fellowship hour? <laughs> hey, can you pass me that piece of cornbread? Do you know who Alexander Stevens and the Cornerstone speech is? Like, that's not going to come up. Right. Um, so I've had a lot of friends say stuff to me like, man, I know you for years. I never really heard you talk about stuff like this. Right. Because I'm the only black person, you know, but I'm not the only black person I know. And you're not the only white person. I know I have these conversations in context that I believe will be helpful. Right. And right now I'm going, Hey, there's not a context where I'm not going to have these conversations at this point, because if anything, it helps distinguish for me, Who's disassociating? All right, cool. God bless you. I love you. Right now, you you don't need my time. Or you you need more of my time, whatever. But I can discern that more in conversation. Absolutely. That's great. So two more questions. What is the real issue? Like, what is the real issue in real time right now? Real issue in real time is a lie undergirds all of American society and people are more willing to address the symptoms than the problem, the fruit rather than the root. There's one race and yet America does everything in relation to race. Absolutely everything. When the police show up, hey, who is the suspect? What's his name? Okay, what's his race? Why does that, why is that the first question? Remember, race between 16 and 30 and 1730 was created in order to continue to marginalize people. And so it's not even a scientific fact, but it's a fact upon which we base so many things. Even when you go as far back as Bible days, people were known by the language that they spoke, the place from which they came, their last name. Like there are hundreds of other ways to identify people. And so what is frustrating is we don't question the root. We just look at the fruit. A, 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 a man that I've become acquainted with has this analogy, and I love this analogy. When you ask somebody to draw a flower or to draw a tree, 
most of the time they're going to draw what they see. They're going to draw the, 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 the trunk, then they're going to draw some branches and some leaves. Whoever draws the roots? Nobody. We draw a line instead. And where that tree came from, we don't even think about. Where that flower, that, that rose that you see, where, we, where that came from, that's not what we draw. We just draw a line there and then focus on what we see. If that's not what we do in society, I don't know what it is. We draw a line and go, nope, I don't want to look at the roots. I don't want to look at the etiology. Don't tell me where this came from. I just want to look at the fruits and argue about what I'm seeing on the limb, right? Not, I want to argue about what I see in the trunk. I don't want to have a discussion about what, where this actually came from. Yeah, that's real good. Well, my last and final question for you is the T in the Heart Combos acronym. As we've gone through all of it, we've talked about uh, honesty, elephant-sized, authentic, real, and now transparent part of the conversation. Um, transparently, can you answer this? What are the next steps? What are the action yeah. steps for all of us, transparently speaking, moving forward? That's a great question. My action step is my new mantra. You know me, I'm always seeking to learn and then teach all that I know. I haven't even shared this one with you yet because I'm still formulating it, but this is what I believe. I believe that knowledge is power. Better yet, I believe that knowledge is a seed and power is the soil in which knowledge grows. That said, we need time, money, relationships to water that seed. And then we need representation. We need to see people who look like us as the sunlight that provides the warmth for that seed in order for it to germinate, to grow, and then to mature. One of the things that I recognize is that when I literally just got off the phone uh, right before this with a brother who was trying to understand if it's a media ploy to make this about race or if it's actually about race, at least that's what I understand this question to be. What I communicated to him was, hey, man, do you know why police started? Do you know what the first mission of the police was in the United States of America? He said, no. Bingo. Knowledge is the seed. And if you just draw the line and you don't go to the root, like the question has never been what is happening and what are these statistics, facts, and figures. The question has always been why. Where did this come from? And how does it persist? Racism has sophisticated, has become more sophisticated and has grown since we got here, just as much as anti-racism has grown since we got here. But the mere fact that both Kamala Harris and Barack Obama are called black is because of the one drop rule. They're not just black, right? They're, they're also something else. Tiger Woods, Derek Jeter, like most people aren't calling Derek Jeter or Dwayne The Rock Johnson black because people forget, or, or people are, uh, because people forget it because they don't look that way, but that's their heritage. And so when we begin to understand, oh, my, my action step is to make sure people have the information because people think it's all about getting the money. If I had the money, I could buy these neighborhoods. I could change this. Tom Cousins tried that. So much money has been thrown at the problem. But the problem 
is the lack of knowledge. Hosea chapter four, verse six, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I'm not just talking about black people. I'm talking about people who are believers, people who are non-believers, people who are Americans, people who come into this. We are destroyed because of our lack of knowledge, our lack of information that understands that how things work and then reverse engineers those things. Like I said, I've been saying this all over the place. You got me on a tangent now as I talk about my action step. It's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, slavery was good for business in America. That's how America became so wealthy. Free labor. With that free labor, when it ended, that's why there were vagrancy laws. That's why police went and uh, they were slave patrol. That's why they went and caught those slaves. And, and so laws, you couldn't have a job. Those slaves then were put where? Back on plantations. It was good for business. As we approach 2042, people are beginning to recognize diversity is good for business. Yeah, you got the right answer, but for the wrong reasons. So we have to, I have to capitalize on the momentum that is currently occurring. Will we still be having this conversation 50 years from now? My goal is to answer that question by saying no. Before I die, this conversation is going to be incredibly different because it's going to be a conversation where we take knowledge, we plant it in the sea, in, in the soil of power. We use money, time, resources, and relationships to water that seed. We allow the sunlight of representation as I move up and out to allow people coming behind me to see. I was having a conversation with Simeon, my oldest son, who draws comic book characters, and all of them are white. I said, Simeon, why are you doing that? He said, I don't know. I said, it's because it's what you see. There's no representation. When you turn on television, you don't see characters who look like you. Based upon what we watched, the only one he knows is Miles Morales. That's the only one who really kind of looks like him. So he's drawing what he sees. No different than the person who draws a flower and then draws a line and never draws the roots. So my action step is to get to the root, to help other people get to the root. And then it helped them to understand that the fruit that we see is from the root. We want to change the harvest. We got to change the seed. And that seed is knowledge. That's great, man. Thank you so much for just dropping all of that on us. And you have not shared that with me. So I'm going to chew on that <laughs> for a little bit. But it's all it's all really, really good. Thank you so much for joining us, for putting yourself in the heart seat. Um, but until next time, thank you all for watching. Uh, we love you. Remember, it's not a hard conversation. It's a heart conversation. Peace.